This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Come on, give God some praise again. Hallelujah. And those of you who have our U version, if you go on U version and you go down and you find W E B and and you put it on audio, the voice you hear is gonna be none other than our brother. Amen. Amen. Well, listen. Uh, over the past few weeks, we have been uh, on a journey through the seven I Ams of Jesus Christ that are only found in the Gospel of John. And uh, the, these things, you know, they uniquely point to God's, uh, his divine identity, and they also speak to the purpose in which Jesus came. Aren't you glad? Have you enjoyed this I Am series? Yeah, it's been really good, but it is geared to come to a close only from the pulpit, not from your heart, right? Because hopefully in this journey, you've gained some knowledge and not only gain some knowledge, but you actually gain some experience where you've actually, you know, ha- have experienced what he said, who he said he is. So it's not just something you're reading about, but it's something that you are experiencing. Amen? Amen. Over the last few weeks, we, we, he told us that he was the bread of life. And we know that that meant that, that he's the spiritual food that satisfies us. That means, you know, when he, he told us in his word that if, if, we, if we take of that bread, we won't hunger or thirst. And I'm not going to go back into the message, but remember I told you, you know, it's, it's a miracle that you can eat bread and not be thirsty. Who, can, who else can testify to that other than Jesus? He said, I'm the light of the world. That's the light that shines in the darkness and delivers us from our sin. He said, I'm the door. That means he's the only way. He's the only entrance way to have a relationship restored with the Father. There's no other way. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says if you try to get in another way, you're a thief and a robber. So, so, so he, he, he's the only way. He said, I'm the good shepherd. What is he saying? He, he wants us to know that I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm, I'm going to do what you need. I'm going to watch out for you. He, he's the good shepherd. He's not just a shepherd. He is the shepherd that watches over us all the time. Then he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. That means he's, gonna, he, he, he's able to provide a, 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 a power over life and death. And that means that you can have eternal life through him. You don't have to worry about when this life ends, life ends. No, when this life ends, if you're in him, your life continues on. Matter of fact, you're getting ready to enter into an eternity that, 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 is, that is just a heavenly eternity that has no, no pain, no sickness, no, no sorrow, all joy, all peace, all love, all, all just great then he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he provides direction. He's authentic. See, our God is not fake. He don't fake us out. He don't tell us he's going to do something and then doesn't do it. You know, he said, if I said it, you can count it. You can believe it. And guess what? He gives us an eternal security. He lets us know that, you know, I'm, I'm going to provide a place for you, and I have it already laid out. And I tell you what, I, I don't know about you, but I, I look forward one day to walking on streets paved with gold. I, I don't know about you, but I look forward to, to being in that place where I'm just, it's all day long in heavenly bliss. Oh, yeah. well, I got a couple of people who want to go to heaven. Y'all just don't want to go yet, right? That's what it is. 
They say, Pastor Charles, I want to go, but I don't want to go right now. I want to stay here a little while longer. <laughs> but today we're going to be looking at the, the final I Am declaration of Jesus that's found in the Gospel of John, uh, verse chapter 15. If you turn there quickly, we're going to be going to move right along. John 15. Beginning at verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. <clears throat> Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You know, this passage was a continuation of Jesus, his, his farewell uh, discourse with his disciples you know, uh, it's a sobering time. Jesus is, is sitting down and he's talking with them. He knows that his, his time is coming where he's about to be crucified. He's about to, to give his life on for us. You know, and, and of course, uh, uh, but what he was doing there before he, he, he was going to go and take care of the things that he was called to do, he, he was drawing a relationship between him and the Father. He wanted them to understand who the Father was with him that he is with the Father, he has fellowship with the Father, and the Father has fellowship with him. And, and he actually was letting them know that he's being cultivated by the Father. That means the Father, you know, has his hand on him too, and, but he's going to bring forth good fruit that will glorify his Father. And it's the reason he was telling them that. It's the reason, I'm going to tell you the reason in a minute, but he, he was letting them know that, that I'm with the Father and the Father's with me. And so what Jesus was conveying to them is that, that, that if they would likewise have fellowship, you know, have fellowship with him like he has fellowship with the Father, they could produce good fruit, just like he has done. But the key is having that fellowship with him. In other words, the key to, to being, see, being greatly used by God. See, many of us are trying to figure out, how can God use my life? I want God to use me to do some good. See, Jesus was letting them know, the, the way you can do that is you got to stay connected. Not only stay connected, but you got to stay connected to me, to Jesus. He's saying, if you want to be used by God, stay connected to me. And that's what he's telling us as well. He's telling us that we want to be used by God. Sometimes you're trying to figure out why, God, I see you're using that one and you're using that one and you're using that one. But he's letting us know that if we stay connected with him, he can do something in and through us. Now, we take a moment, we look back at the Old Testament, we see uh, uh, that God called the nation of Israel. They were his chosen people. 
he, 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 they were the vine. See, the Old Testament Israel was always referred to as the vine, and then God was the vine dresser. But, but Israel failed to produce the fruit that God expected them to produce. And, and, and matter of fact, in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, they're, they're referred to as God's disappointing vineyard. See, they were a disappointment to God. See, God had planted them. He watered them. He nourished them. He loved on them. You know how you do when you got some plants, you got some flowers, you got some things. You, you just don't put them over in the corner and leave them. You put water in them. You give them a little bit of food. You make sure they get the sunlight they need. You, you take care of them to make sure that they're getting the nourishment. And, and, and instead of them bringing forth the grapes that, that God expected, grapes of righteousness and grapes of justice, they bought the opposite. They brought grapes of injustice, injustice rather, and unrighteousness. So what happened? It resulted in God taking his hand away. He withdrew and which left that vineyard out there, you know, to, 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 to become a wasteland filled with briars and thorns and, 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 and tumbleweed. So you're trying to figure out sometimes what's going on with my life. It seems like it's so dry. It seems like I, 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 I don't have no joy. I don't have no peace. Don't seem like nothing's going right. Are you connected? But fortunately for us, fortunately for even, even the nation, it didn't end there. See, because of God's love. Aren't you glad God loves us the way he loves us? That he didn't say, okay, that's it. You know, they, they just messed up. They just, they just, as a matter of fact, some commentaries say they had stinking fruit. That's how I was described. That the fruit just, it was just no good. But what he did was, I'm going to send a true vine, a vine that's going to be righteous, a vine that's going to be holy, a vine that's going to be the way I desire to repair the breach. Aren't you glad about that today? And, and so, 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 so in this final uh, declaration of Jesus, there's a message that's really simple. It was a message that was simple to the disciples back then. It's a message that's very simple to us today. It's real simple. It's going to ask, what's that, Pastor Charles? Stay connected. Want that real simple? Stay connected. It's simple. If you want to be used by God, if you want to see God, you know, you want to make, you know, bring forth fruit that's going to glorify God, stay connected. Stay connected. If you don't remember anything else from this message, and I hope you, more, you know, learn more than that. But if you don't remember nothing else, when you leave here today, don't forget you need to stay connected. Come on, say stay connected. Look at somebody and tell them stay connected. All right, don't y'all forget, stay connected. See, we got to remain connected to Jesus because that's where our identity is. That's where we find our purpose in life. We, 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 look, if you don't stay connected to him, you're not going to know what his plan is for you. If you don't stay connected to him, you won't know when he says go and when he says stop. See, sometimes not being connected to God, we run ourselves into situations that we don't have to endure. But because we won't listening, we won't connect it. We didn't hear him when he said, all right, go that way. And we went right into the sticker brides. And we realized, like, man, I don't, God, you, no, he didn't send you that way. He was telling you to go the other way. But you won't connect it. See, see, staying connected to Jesus is the only way that you're going to produce fruit that's going to glorify the Father. 
So everything that you're trying to accomplish, if you're not connected to Jesus, it's not going to be fruit that God's going to get glory from. Now, you might enjoy some fruit of your own. But if you're not connected to the source, after a while, that fruit's going to spoil. It's going to get rotten. But not God's fruit. So you got to stay connected to Jesus so you can glorify God. So it's just not something that we just happen into. It's for a purpose because we want to give God glory. So today, real quickly, I, we're just going to focus on two, two questions. We're going to focus on the how, how do we stay connected, and then what's the result? Real simple. Two simple things. And, and to stay connected, I'm going to move right into it. The first thing we got to do is we have to abide in the true vine. See, if you're not connected into the right source, you're not going to bring that glory to God. God can't use you. See, all of us are plugged into something. We're all guided by something. We're all following some course of life. We all have something that we are chasing after. But if you're not plugged into the right source, you may not end up where you think you're going to end up. See, when we look back at verse 4 in our main text, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. It says a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. See, what he's saying, you can't create anything if you're not plugged into me. If you're not plugged into the source of God, you're not going to be able to do anything godly. See, you can do other things that neither can you unless you abide in me. The word abide comes from the Greek word meno. This is what it means, to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy, to continue, to dwell, to endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry. There's some powerful words, isn't it? But they all keep you in one place. They don't move you all around. They keep you connected in one place, one space, to one thing. Now, 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 now in order to, to, to receive the proper nourishment that we need, you have to stay connected to the proper source. And that is vital for us as believers. See, we can't be drinking from every fountain and thinking that we're going to produce something that's going to be godly. See, because every fountain is not of God. And just because you can hit the button doesn't mean you need to drink it. See, the world tells you don't take all that. Yeah, they don't take all that. You know, you, you ain't got to be like all that. You don't, have to, you don't have to walk the straight and narrow paths. You don't have to, you know, dedicate your life. You don't have to change your life. All you got to do is just say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But it takes every bit of that definition. It takes every bit of staying, continuing, dwelling, and doing, being present, remaining, standing, tarrying. It takes every bit of that in order to achieve what God has called us to. Why? Because the true vine is our life source. We got to stay connected to it because that's where we get life. And if you, if you step away from the life source, life go in. See, let me tell you what Jesus was saying. I'm going to make it real plain. This is what he said. It's in his word. He said, apart from me, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. Well, Pastor Charles, I've accomplished a whole lot. But compared to Jesus, it's nothing. See, because if the works that you're doing are the works that, 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 that are of your fruit, and it's, and it's, it's all generated from, from the place of your heart, we already know what that is. Because the Bible said that, that that stuff is like, all right, we're going to move on from that one too. But Jesus let us know to remain connected in him. He wants us to stay connected. He wants us to have a fruitful life. 
See, he's that vine. He, he's the vine. He, 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 he's rooted. Can't nothing move him. Can't nothing snatch him up out the ground. Nothing, nothing can move God. Once we connect to him, if we stay connected to him, nobody can take us off the branch. I mean, off that vine. Nobody can remove us. Nobody can stop the flow of, of, of nourishment that comes through God if we are connected to him. But if there is no source of nourishment, you're not going to bear no fruit. You're not going to bear no fruit. You will be fruitless. Why? Because the Scripture says, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. So why do we keep trying to accomplish this thing called life, especially life in Christ, without being connected to the Christ who gives the life? See, we got to have that living water flowing through us. See, see, you go, go without drinking water. You can go without drinking, doing a lot of stuff. You ain't got to eat bread. You don't have to eat bread, but try not drinking water. And you can drink other stuff. Drink sodas all your life and don't drink no water. It's liquid, but it's not life-giving. See, we got to understand this thing we're walking in. See, the world wants to keep throwing these crumbs out to us saying, yeah, you can get it over here. You can get it over there. And Jesus said, no, you need the living water. You need the water that's going to bring life. That's going to bring good fruit. And see, without the flow of living water, guess what? Branches die. See, let me show you. This branch was once this branch. They came off the same tree. This branch is all dead and withered because it had fallen off. It's disconnected. It's brittle. Ain't nothing to it. It can't produce no fruit. Basically, the Word of God said it ain't no good for nothing but to be thrown into the fire. But this one was connected. We disconnected it now, so Lord Jesus bless this branch. But I had to disconnect it so I could show you. But this is a branch that was full of life. It's green. It's beginning to produce fruit. And so we got to decide, what do we want to be? Do we want to disconnect? Because it seems to be, notice I said it seems to be better over there. But look what it ends up being. And I thought about that fire. Then we thought about, we think about, you know, it in the, in, in, in the literal sense where you pick up some branches and throw them in the fire. But a few moments ago as I was sitting there, I thought about the fact that we're those branches. And when you disconnect from God, you're going to be like that. And you're going to be tossed into a fire too. Some of y'all got that. The fire you're going to be tossed in is a fire that's going to burn forever. An eternal fire. See, when the winds and storms of life blow, branches like that, they break. 
they fall down. You ever, you ever just looked at a tree and you see some branches that are still standing tall and green and beautiful, and then you look down on the ground, you see some that are laying on the ground. See, those branches didn't remain connected, so they got cut off from the life source. So they just fell off the tree. Listen, the Bible says that if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out. He's cast out as a branch and that's withered and gather them and throw them into the fire and they'll burn. And I know you don't want to be that branch. So stay connected. Look at somebody and say, stay connected. The next step to stay connected, we got to endure some pruning. Uh-oh. See, that's why we don't like to stay connected. See, see. See, now, you got to endure pruning. Now, at first, pruning may appear to be like an oxymoron. What does that mean, oxymoron? It's a figure of speech that appears to contradict itself. And you say, well, Pastor Charles, if I got to get pruned, that means if you're going to prune something, it's going to be cut off. Something's going to be cut. So how is that going to be good if it's being cut? Well, y'all remember a while ago, I shared this about this bush that I had in my yard. And, and, and that bush was dying. I mean, it was barren. It had just a few little leaves on it. And I was going to pull it up. But then somebody said, no, it just needs to be pruned. And so, so, so they, 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 they pruned that bush. And the bush, I mean, I'm talking about what the bush came to, but that's what the bush looked like when it needed to be pruned. Now, the process of pruning is a little painful. But see, the pruner is not concerned about the little bit of pain that's inflicted during the time, but it's really concerned about, I'm going to try to do what I need to do to remove the dead stuff so that life can continue to sprout. See, we got to endure pruning. Pruning is painful. This is a pruning tool that's used to prune bushes and trees. It's a little intimidating. It looks like it can inflict some pain, doesn't it? But it's necessary. It's necessary to cut some dead stuff off. So that their life can continue to grow. That's an intimidating looking thing, ain't it? Y'all say, man, that's what God be doing to us. It's painful. Pruning, look, if a tree could tell you, that bush, if that bush could tell you when, 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 when they started cutting stuff off of it, that it didn't hurt, that was painful. It even sounds, some of you can hear it just crunching, cracking. But what was happening, they were being pruned for life. Because what was being cut off wasn't the life, but it was being cut off of the stuff that was dead. And if we continue to leave dead stuff on alive stuff, after a while the dead stuff is going to suck the life out of what's left. And then after a while the whole thing is going to be dead. Now if you didn't get that for yourself, think about it this way. If you continue to allow yourself to be disconnected from the life source, which is Jesus Christ, you are dying every day. You're going to be like that branch. And over time, what life is left is going to get sucked out because what's there that's dead is going to take over and everything is going to be dead. And then you're going to be walking around like a zombie because you don't have no life. 
And God don't have no zombie saints of God. See, we got to get the dead stuff off. So we have to, look, I hear, I hear Jesus saying, I hear him saying this, son, daughter, endure the process of the pruning. Because it's going to bring you life. Hallelujah. How many of you are going through some pruning right now? Because if you don't have your hand raised up, just wait. Because you're either, you're either in one or another place. Either you've been pruned or you're being pruned. And the thing about it is this, the pruning never stops. See, you don't just prune a bush one time and think it's all right. See, you don't just prune. You're going to have to continue because every so often some dead stuff is going to start trying to get in there that needs to be cut off. Same thing in our life. If you aren't asking God to take away the dead stuff in your life, Lord, cleanse me. God, search me. Remove the stuff. God, that's not like you. After a while, that stuff is going to start to take over what's good. The Bible says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That lets you know that even this branch here would need pruning, even though it's beautiful, it's green, it has fruit coming out of it, but it's going to need pruning. He lets us know, look, don't think just because you connected with me that you're still not going to need some pruning. That's why he said every branch that even brings forth good fruit, I'm going to have to prune you. But see, we don't like to go through the pruning because the pruning shows us some stuff. It lets us know where we are off base and how we all, you know, we not where we need to be in God. It doesn't feel good when God shows us ourselves. We love to look at other people. That's a better view. But when he says, oh, no, nah, let me show you you, then that's, that's when it becomes painful. Because he said, I need to cut that off of you. I need to cut that anger off of you. I need to cut that stuff off of you that you're not doing right. I need to cut that lying out your tongue. I, I need to cut that backbiting off of you. I, I need to cut that getting jealous off of you. I got to cut that stuff off of you that is starting to rise, not rise up in your life. Why? So you can produce some fruit that can give glory to me. But if you endure the pruning, look what happens. Look at my bush now. Let me, I want you to see the bush now. That's the bush that was pruned. That's the empty looking bush that has grown back because it got pruned. And that's what God wants. That's why he wants to continue to prune our lives. So, 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 Jesus, God, he don't use one of these. Aren't y'all glad? Aren't you glad he don't use this kind of tool to prune us? So, Pastor Charles, what does he use? Oh, he got a tool. <laughs> he got a tool. Now, when you compare these two, this looks a whole lot less intimidating than this, doesn't it? Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. What are you talking about, Pastor Charles? Look at what it says in Hebrews 4 and 12. It says, the word of God is living and is powerful. It said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Look, the word of God is sharper than this tube. And this, that word of God, look, this tube can't do what the word of God do. This says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. This can't separate the soul and the spirit. 
See, y'all thought y'all, oh, the, the Bible is a whole lot less Im- intimidating than that tool there. No, it's not. No, it's not. See, the Word reveals the condition of your heart. It lets you know exactly where you are. Look, it commends you when you're doing good, but it convicts you when you're not. It's going to find you where you are. It's going to let you know where you're not. It's going to tell you where you're supposed to be, and it's going to tell you why you're not there. This thing here will cut you up. This thing will prune you up. But in the end, you're going to produce some good fruit. See what it do? It it do all that stuff to you, and then it gets you to a place of repentance. See, it causes you to get convicted. See, it gets you to the place where you say, oh, God, I see now. I see where I'm missing. I see what I'm doing wrong. I see where I I, I stepped out of bounds. And God, now, forgive me, God, so I can get back in. See, that's what the pruning does. Then you can start producing fruit. Because when you get outside of God, you ain't producing no godly fruit. You might produce something, but it ain't going to be for the kingdom. So you got to understand that, 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 that God, you know, when he prunes us, basically, he, you know, he's getting us to look like Christ. See, that's how we get our identity. You can't look like Jesus not being pruned, and, and, and you can't look like Jesus not connected to the vine. You can't look like Jesus if you're not connected to that source. If you're not uh, cleaned up, cut up, trimmed up, pruned up, you're not going to look like him. All right, what's next? Come on, somebody say, prune me, Lord. Prune me, Lord. Oh, he heard you. Say it again. Prune me, Lord. See, you should always want God to cut mess away from you. See, that's me. I'm like, God, I'm always, God, search my heart. God, anything that's in me that's not like you, God, show it to me. Get it out of me. I don't want that stuff to get in the way because I don't want nothing to block you, God, from being able to use my light. So what's the result if you stay connected? See, the answer is found in John 15, verses 7 through 8. Jesus said this. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. You trying to figure out why you're not getting your questions, your, uh, your desires answered? Uh, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. That's a powerful statement there. See, we're trying to get all God's blessings without being connected to God and living the way and allowing Him to do the things in our life that He needs to do to get us to the place where we can be used. That's why He had to send the true vine. See, because the other vine, they kept failing. You know, they, they got swept away by other things. They start looking at other nations. They want to be like other people. They, they didn't want to, to do like God told them. So they kept failing. They're producing wild grapes. We need to tell us to produce good fruit, good grapes that will bring him glory. That means that, look, look, uh, when we're connected to God, that means that we allow the Word of God to work in us. See, it's doing something in us. It's working. It's cutting. It's doing things. This is, this is not just a casual list of to-dos and not to-dos. See, this is about meditating on God's Word. This is about spending some time in His Word. This is about really letting God's Word work in your life. Letting it get into your heart. Let it just massage your heart and let it do some things in you so that He can begin to to, to do the things He needs to do. 
See, see, the word of God, it's going to come, it's going to, we have to allow his word to work in us. And if you don't let this word work in your life and do things in your life, guess what? You're going to be empty. You're going to be empty. Listen, meditation on God's word, you know, is, is to our hearts just like food is to our physical bodies. See, when you get in God's word, it's nourishment. When you sit down at the table, you eat because you want to get nourished. You need something in your body. You need some of those, those parts of that food chain so that you can have strength in your body. Well, you need the same for God's Word. This is your nourishment. And if you're not eating this, if you're not digesting this, if you're reading everything but the Word of God, you might gain some knowledge. You might have some understanding about something, but you won't have what God wants to give you to nourish you spiritually. So we have to get into His Word. So, so what happens? What happens? The result is this. We're going to get spiritually stronger. The more that you study His Word, the more that you get in it, the more that you digest it, that's what the result's going to be. And then, I love this. Look, we won't bear fruit. This is what the Scripture says. You're going to bear fruit that glorifies God. And it's going to grant us favor with God. And then you're going to have an identity as His disciple. Let me say that again. See, the result of staying connected to God is this. You're going to bear some fruit. When you're connected with him, you're going to bear good fruit. And that fruit's going to give God glory. It's going to glorify him. And then it's going to grant us something. He's going to say, okay, they connected. They bearing fruit. That's glorifying the Father. So, so I'm going to grant some petitions for them. So they can ask me what they need. They ask me for whatever they need, and I'm going to bless them. Whatever they desire, I'm going to bless them. And then that's how you find your identity in Christ. That's what the Word says. I got an illustration I'm going to end on. I'm almost done. I, 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 Bruce, I need you to come up here, and I need my wife to come. I saw this illustration. I thought it was powerful. I, I want to show you what, uh, what this looks like. Y'all stay right there. See, this is, how, this is how it is. This is how I want you to really truly understand what this is all about. I got some envelopes here. I got three envelopes. And I got a slip of paper. One envelope says, God. That's going to be my God for right now. <laughs> One envelope says, Jesus Christ. One envelope says, Charles Ricks. That's me. You can put yourself in this place. And they got a slip of paper in my hand that says, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, when we accept Jesus into our life, guess what happens? Jesus is now in me. See, Jesus is in me now. He's in me. He's in me. But Jesus didn't leave it right there. Jesus said, I'm in you, and you in me. <laughs> so now I'm in Jesus, yeah, yeah. and Jesus in me. Yeah. And then Jesus didn't stop there, but he said, yeah, I'm in the Father, <laughs> and the Father is in me. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. So now... We all in one. Hallelujah. So look what has to happen. 
For the enemy to get to you, he got to first go through God. <laughs> then he got to go through Jesus. <laughs> then he think he got you, right? But he forgot that Jesus was in you. That's what it means to abide in him. See, we're trying to be protected. We're trying to understand what all this means. We're trying to understand how God, we can be in God, but we don't want Jesus to be in us. Well, if Jesus is not in you, you can't be in that big envelope. There's no way you're going to get in God if, you're not, if Jesus don't get in you first. Come on, get up on your feet. I'm almost done. There may be some of you today that you just an empty envelope. Your name is on the envelope, but ain't nothing in it. It's empty. But Jesus, he wants to come and be inside of you. And when he comes inside of you, everything else you just witnessed takes place. And if that's you today, I want to just, just pause right here. Because I don't want you to leave empty. You might be online today. You might be here in this sanctuary. There's no way you're connected to the vine. If this source of life isn't in you, you can't connect. There's a disconnect. But Jesus wants to be in your life today. Everyone bow their heads today. If you're in this house today and you're online today, I believe that this is the moment that God wants to abide in your life. He wants to come into your life. I, I believe that he, 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 he has brought you to this point, this moment, because... He knows your name. But he wants to be in you. Matter of fact, the reason he came was to seek and save that which is lost. He didn't come to save what was already found. He came to save what was lost. So he's seeking you right now. He sees you. And if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. I, I raise your hand. Don't, don't, don't leave the, this moment empty the way you came in. When you can leave with life. You can leave with abundant life. Are you here today? Would you raise your hand? We just want to pray with you. If you're online today, you can do the same. There's a link that you can click on. It says, I want to make a decision for Christ. But I know you're here today. Even in this sanctuary at this very moment. Those of you who don't know him. Jesus is so gentle though. See, 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 he doesn't bum rush you. He, he doesn't take you by force. 
The Bible says that, he, he says, behold, I'm standing at the door. That's the door of your heart. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He ain't bum rushing, saying, I'm coming in. He's knocking. He's a gentleman. He said, would you let me in? Would you let me in? Your life won't be the same if you let me in. You won't regret if you let me in. You won't be empty if you let me in. You won't be hungry if you let me in. You won't be thirsty if you let me in. You'll no longer be in darkness if you let me in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is your heart open to hear his voice today? He's calling you. He's knocking. He's at the door. Do I have one today? Can you all pray? We're going to pray for that, that one who's, who's joining us today online, one who's saying, God, even one of you that's here today, that, you, that you're hiding in the shadows, you don't want nobody to know, but God knows. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I hear you knocking on the door of my heart. Such a gentleman. And Jesus, today, I'm opening up the door of my heart and inviting you in. Come in, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus, of all my sins and make me new in you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. It's just that simple. If you made that decision today, to let us know, there's a link you can click on if you're online today. If you're here in this sanctuary today, don't leave without letting us know because we want to come alongside of you. We want to help you in your next steps in Him. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands to God today. Father, we just thank you, God, for this time, God, of learning who you say you are. You are the great I am. You are, oh God, everything that you said. God, we thank you for being, God, the bread that keeps us, God, from hungering. We thank you, God, for being the light, the door, our shepherd, the resurrection and life, God, the way, the truth, the life. We thank you for being the true vine. But God, we just don't want to know those words, to quote them, to say them, but we want to experience those words in our life each and every day. So God, my prayer today, God, is that everyone, God, under the sound of my voice, those hands lifted to you, God, in humble submission, that you will make that reality true in them, that they will realize, God, every one of the identities, God, that you have said, Lord, that you have showed us, God, in, in, oh God, in the Gospel of John, that we not only read it and know it, but experience it each and every day of our lives. We thank you for that today. We thank you for that one today, God, who accepted you as Lord and Savior. And we, God, we continue to pray, God, that you'll continue to move throughout this earth, draw men and women to you. We thank you right now. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, 
visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.